broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Good morning. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. How are you? I am Randy Tobler. There is Stephanie Bell. Good morning. And producer Hannah. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Producer Hannah, you have to turn on your microphone. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Is producer Hannah there? I am here. John Marsh is there. Is John Marsh there? Uh Uh-oh, Hannah. I think we have problems with the doctor, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm good. Well, I don't know what's going on. That's okay. Producer Hannah will figure it out. She's she's giving it a... Boy, now I wish I had my camera here. Wish I had my camera. I Testing, one, two, All right. three. So I don't know. Uh, I, it's not on my end. I don't know. We must have the gremlins going We on. hear you. No, I know, but I can't produce Hannah. I, I can't hear we Anna. Can see her mouth moving. I her can't. mouth is moving. Oh no! I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> heard her yell. Oh she's no! She's in there struggling. <laughs> well, we had some movement in the Missouri Senate uh, yesterday. Some we stuff surely happened. Surely did. Uh, that was good. Uh, Gene Carnahan passed away. We're going to talk about that on the show. That mm-hmm. what a tumultuous time that was that she helped Missouri through after not only you know Mel Carnahan's just tragic death in that plane crash. But then what followed with 9-11 and beyond that. So it was a it was a interesting time. And yeah, I saw a lot of tributes yesterday yeah. on Twitter from both the right and the left of her mm-hmm. impact and legacy on the state of Missouri. Yeah. Testing. And One, two, oh, three. There is producer Hannah. Hey! Welcome. Yeah. The owner's manual. Ooh. I saw her getting out the owner's manual. <laughs> I wish there was one of those. <laughs> and Brian Houseworth there. I uh, Yeah, absolutely. Good morning. Talking about Gene Carnahan, and I know you have some thoughts about that. I think that it cannot be underestimated for the young people how big it was in Jefferson City when Mel Carnahan died. Um, and, and two quick thoughts on it. Number one, John and I are one of the few reporters still left. There's almost none of us left in mid-Missouri who actually covered Governor Carnahan's plane crash in the 2 afternoon. 2 a.m. press conference at the Capitol, as it, I recall. It was a week of, it was exact, exactly. And then a, a funeral live coverage on the Capitol lawn. President Clinton, yes, mm-hmm. President Clinton and Vice President <laughs> Gore sitting next to each other on the Capitol lawn in Jefferson City. Folks, that never happens. You never see the president the vice president ever in the same place much less on the same i lawn. stood next to teddy kennedy yeah. for the mm. funeral and hillary clinton was there too i mean wow. yeah absolutely that was huge but it also shows the importance some people say why why is the lieutenant governor position important that's a perfect example folks why we need a lieutenant governor because it was roger wilson who became governor he's the one that appointed gene carnahan to the senate and very few people for, remember that and and uh, very few people even remember that Roger Wilson was governor. And at one point, the highway patrol was protecting three families for three months. Gene and you were intimately involved with all that, weren't you? I, I was. I was down on. The, had to work it all out with the Secret Service because we were doing live coverage. But they were protecting the Carnahan family. Governor Wilson's family here in Columbia and the incoming Governor Bob Holden, who had two small children. It'll never happen again. But it was a big deal, and she was a gracious woman. She was a wonderful person. And the importance of a lieutenant governor came to the fore again with Governor Parson. There you go. If you don't have a governor in the the wing, you never know what's going to happen, you know? And Stephanie knows this as an attorney, and when when Governor Parson was, uh, he appointed Mike Kehoe, to that spot as lieutenant governor and the democrats actually said no you can't do that 
Parson had a press conference with Lil Pearson, but what people forget at that press conference, he brought in a Democrat, Joe Bednauer, who an attorney from Jefferson City, who was Governor Carnahan's chief of legal counsel. Mm -hmm. And Joe Bednauer flat out said the governor has the authority to appoint a lieutenant governor. And I I said afterwards he does. He said, you bet he does. And the court agreed. Wow. So when when Joe Bednauer generally, by the way, when Joe Bednauer pretty much says something's lawful, usually pretty lawful so he he knows the law great lawyer good friend and yeah it's nice when i mean yeah anytime and he's a democrat oh certainly and you mentioned lowell pearson a fantastic attorney he was uh, bob dole's general counsel i understand right he was so yeah he also was a uh as i recall a cabinet member under under blunt maybe over at revenue you're right yeah. Uh, look, if, get, take out your iPhones. And by the way, folks, I have <laughs> I have uh, taken the switch that that deadens the uh, the, the the bell and Be the ringer. Because that switch. Because the ladies the ladies told me I, it's not enough to just turn the ringer down with the volume. You have to turn the the switch off. So God bless. But get your phone. She, she says, for the America. love of please, can you? Uh, Take your phones, mark some times, some time stamps on your phones, because whether you're at work, whether you're on your way to work, whether you're at home, no matter where you are at these times, if you listen no other time, listen to 635, Mark Alford, 710, Senator Caleb Browden, and 735, Travis Fitzwater. Dang, so we, have, uh, we have a, a we lineup. have a cavalcade of you know national well certainly nationally representing a, an area here uh, that's Mark Alford and then two of the senators one of uh, whom is uh, under a lot of fire although depending on the take and who you read as to what happened in the Missouri Senate yesterday the Missouri Independent said that the Freedom Caucus didn't get what they want, that it was leadership's victory. Freedom Caucus is saying it was our victory. They're claiming they had over, Tim Jones, their leader, says we have only over 500 people in that rally yesterday. Were you at the rally? Did you get any reporting I, on I it? I was here. Right? We, John we were Marsh? Swamped. We were swamped with news here. We were getting reports by the hour back to us, and yeah, it was. there were a couple rallies at the Capitol with uh, some differing views. A pro-abortion <laughs> rally. Well, yeah. there was that, too. Yeah, there was the anti-initiative <clears throat> petition report. Forum pro-abortion rally. There was the Freedom Caucus rally. My understanding was ag groups were there as well. There, I mean, there's all you go walk in the Capitol. There's a hundred groups in there. Um, the rally, uh, you know, the numbers I saw were very different depending on who, <laughs> who stated it. Um, but you know, certainly a nice showing on a Tuesday. But that's what the, you know. Any day of the week you walk into the Capitol, you're going to see um, groups like that. They're supporting their cause. Almost every association and group has a rally in the Capitol day. Um, but certainly, you know, it's interesting watching the different takes. I think the take that we missed and that a lot of people have been working really hard on for a long time is like, you know, the House is getting completely ignored, mm-hmm. essentially. Right. And yesterday, they moved forward with an open enrollment bill. Yes. And so education reform, everyone said, we want education reform, and everyone's paying attention to the Senate annex, and it looks like we might actually get open enrollment. And then there was also, I think, a bill that came out of committee that dealt with charter schools that would actually could affect Boone County. Now, I was sad to see that because in past years, they've actually opened up charter schools in both Springfield and Jefferson. City, and I don't think that's part of this thing that came out of committee, but, you know, really making some progress on education reform. Now, the open well, enrollment applies to the public schools, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's not that's a universal right. choice and, yet. And to clarify, Stephanie's right. The bill that she's referring to that came out of committee would be the Cherie Tolson-Reich bill, mm-hmm. and it's, it specifically says a school district that would not have to have local school board sponsorship in the Columbia School District. So, really, and Cherie flat out told us this is directed against yeah. charter schools here, um, I think, uh, to me, the most fascinating interview of all three of them, those, 
I think the I'm very intrigued to hear what Travis Fitzwater has to yeah. say. He's a he he's a major player in the um and he's got a lot of other apparently there are people that have TikTok on their state computers really? in Jefferson City because he's got a bill to address that. Now, I don't know if they're down there playing on TikTok when they're supposed to be at work, but if you look at his bill, and we'll have to ask him about it, his bill has to do, it. it basically it sets up a, a process for removing TikTok on state computers. It's not gotten any media attention, but I, and also he's got that bill to reduce the size of the house, but he's, he's very, I think it's going to be very interesting. Great lineup this morning. Hannah, do you have guests. a problem with TikTok on a computer? It's, it's a therapeutic thing. It, it makes you more productive. Not on your personal device. I, I was going to say on my personal device. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have an issue with TikTok. Um, if I were working in any faction of government, yeah. would I be scrolling on my work device? Probably not. Yeah, okay. I, I apologize because I, I am pretty sure that I introduced Facebook to the Missouri Senate. I probably was the first person to load it up <laughs> on a computer there. Because if you recall, so it released my senior year of college, and then I went and interned in the Senate, and I was trying to explain to people in the building, this is going to be really impactful for politics, and it reaches a lot of people. And it's a, But at the time, it was still only allowed to be with college students, so they'd want to look at it and they, we'd have to use my account to log in so they could see back huh. then the facebook so <laughs> apologies for social media but no um and then the other thing that i saw people get really riled up yesterday and i think this is some misinformation from the democrats is when i guess when they tried to pass that open enrollment bill someone tried to tack something on it and said hey let's raise all the teacher salaries and you know the courts have just said we've got to quit mashing all these things together in one bill and and the sponsor of the bill said on open enrollment said i don't want that tying mm. up this i want to clean bill coming out and you know i saw all this uproar on twitter can you believe you know the house republicans don't support higher teacher salaries and you know okay no that's not exactly the, the big c yesterday. word right yeah. Yeah. context well i think there's an answer yep. from the wall street journal yesterday out of brazil the military police have a reputation as one of the toughest combat forces on the planet you know what they're doing to keep law and order they're bringing horned buffaloes weighing 1800 pounds and they're bringing them into the mix to help enforce the law. Maybe we need some horned buffaloes in the capital. So instead of canine units, they have... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. That'd break up your rally, wouldn't it? <laughs> they're, they're patrolling on horned buffaloes. They do know that the guy with the buffalo horns from the J6 thing uh, yeah, yeah. was a costume, right? It yeah, wasn't right. an actual... Buffalo. Oh my goodness! That's a town of twenty four thousand. Can you picture? Um, these are big, like water buffalo. They look like water buffalo, shaggy things with the with the c- curled horns. You know, it's hilarious. So, do they train them? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, do they make bulletproof vests for they buffalo? Say there are places you can't reach by <laughs> motorbike or boat, but buffalo you can always get there by buffalo. Said Ronaldo Souza as he saddles and, up Minotaur, the most formidable of the battalion's seven water buffalo. <laughs> and let me, th- I'm looking at you holding this paper. This is front page of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> the first, the first page of the Wall Street Journal at the bottom is always my favorite because they always have a cultural oddity there. I uh-huh, love this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I below love the fold, as they below say. The, now wow. and the. Wall Street Journal is, uh, you know, they're restructuring a little bit. And in fact, that is becoming a big story. Media, Los Angeles Times, New York, people are laying off uh, in the, in the like dozens and dozens and percentage wise, 10, 20 percent of their stir- of their staff. It's not good news. I mean, we've seen it here locally. Yeah. Um, and UPS doing the same thing. Yeah. Big tech. I mean, tons of layoffs, which is 
is so interesting when you contrast that with the way the markets are going and, yeah. what, and you know they're saying oh maybe we're going to get an interest rate break and all of this and the layoffs have just been massive so there somehow that has to equalize you right? hear about the soft landing but it's not soft for those people they're not landing soft no yeah uh, well maybe the journalists need to think it over again you know maybe they've been if they would just report the news as news and stop editorializing when it's labeled news john marsh never does that brian houseworth never I mean, does that maybe that's why ben Shapiro had to go out and get a side hustle as America's number one rapper. Maybe he was, no, maybe he, he was hurting. <laughs> he was sure to point out to Nikki Haley in the song that he was just doing it for fun. It just for was fun. Was that just Nikki Haley fun. or Nikki Minaj? Nikki uh, Minaj. Okay. I think Nikki. <laughs> I, All right. I just assumed, you know, when he said Nikki, that it was Nikki Haley. <laughs> well, that's good point. But maybe more journalists could get a rapping side hustle and, you know help and help we need to write some write some uh, hip-hop lyrics for brian there we go oh, <laughs> oh, man. Him knock them out. Th- that that would be that's the day that would be the day all right when we come back <laughs> it's the daily dc rundown we'll see what's going on nationally with stephanie bell you're listening to wake up mid missouri at 6 21 ish be right back This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your texts. We're back, and it's the Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. All right. Well, the Missouri Senate's not the only people who have had a late night lately. A House panel after a late night yesterday recommends impeachment charges against Mayorkas. Of course, he didn't testify in person, but sent a letter and basically was pointing the finger at Congress saying, look, you know, I can't really do anything without your approval. And this is your issue. Um, the committee voted out these articles 18 to 15 along uh, party lines, and it could come to a full vote in the House as soon as next week. So we are going to be talking with uh, Congressman Mark Alford and getting the latest on that at 635. Um, also, in terms of Congress and what is happening today, there is going to be a big hearing in the Senate Judiciary Committee. And of course, we just heard the an argument announcement date in um, the big tech case involving uh, Missouri, Missouri v. Biden. Um, and that's coming up in March. But today, the Senate Judiciary Committee holds a hearing starting at 10 a.m., um, that will include Meta, TikTok, X, and Snap, and it's all about protecting children online. There are several pieces of legislation floating around, um, especially when you get into like child pornography and some other things. Um, and so they will be called to the carpet to answer questions. Um, it's really interesting, I think, because this happens quite frequently. Um, the big tech companies are forced to come in and answer questions, and it seems like then, um, they're hated <clears throat> from both the left and the right, but then like no policy ever really gets through. So will this, you know, will they be able to come up with some sort of limited policy um, that uh, can protect children in one way or another? Um, so that is uh, before Congress today. Um, also, uh, we got word yesterday that our own Congresswoman Cori Bush is yes. being investigated. Now, if you recall, this is about her security service 
services. And so I believe the update is that the DOJ issued some subpoenas to gather more information on, you know, how she's using this money for security services. She's already been investigated um, in two separate forums. I think the FEC um, saying, you know, can you use your campaign funds for security services? And they kind of checked off and said, well, sure. Um, and then the House, I think, or the ethics um, mm-hmm. panel, I think, had already taken a look at it and said, okay. Um, so, you know, why this third investigation is happening and, and what the status of it is. Of course, she says she's perfectly fine and that she's threatened and that she'll spend, you know, all the money in the world to protect her own self. Um, well, this was, uh, wasn't this, this had to do with the fact, is it her boyfriend or husband? or Now someone? husband, I Now think. husband, then boyfriend. That's kind of like a Fannie Willis problem. Yeah, and she claims, though, in the statement, she claimed, and I'm paraphrasing, that uh, it was, uh, these are market rates that she paid. What was it, some $725,000, something like that? Some insane amount yeah. of money. Um, we are also uh, getting word, we, we um, said yesterday that Illinois was going to vote whether or not to keep Trump off the ballot. They went ahead and voted, and Trump will be on their primary ballot. Of course, they had a partisan divide, and so we kind of expected that out of illinois so um big you know just a lot of stuff going on and you know what i'm not like it's been interesting that we haven't spent the last seven days talking about the presidential election and i'm thinking is that because everyone just assumes it's over like the primary yeah sadly i think that may be true apparently nikki haley got a five million dollar contribution yesterday so Mm. she's still got a lot of funding but people just aren't talking about it anymore i think people are just resigned to the fact that it's over you hear about that big dose of campaign bucks but on the other hand some big donor mega million donor said no i'm not doing it so it seems like uh, people are sort of in the balance on that um i don't know we'll have to see where it goes here's joe biden on the border He's definitely out of his mind. He, is. he took away the power he had. And he's just <laughs> he abdicated the power. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Trump didn't have a problem. I, did anyone challenge Trump's ability for Title 42 and uh, Title 49 and, you know, everything else? All right, that uh, wraps it up. Mark Alford coming up. Later, Caleb Rowden and Travis Switzwater. Keep it here. The doctor is in. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Today is a grave day. We have not approached this day or this process lightly. Secretary Mayorkas' actions have forced our hand. We cannot allow this border crisis to continue. We cannot allow fentanyl to flood across our border, our criminals to waltz in undeterred. And we cannot allow a cabinet secretary with no regard for the separation of powers or the rule of law to remain in office. Welcome back into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Congressman Mark Alford joins us now. And uh, Congressman Alford, it looks like uh, the impeachment train is rolling on. Your thoughts? Well, it is. Uh, look, the train left the station actually last year when we voted on the House floor about impeaching Mayorkas. Uh, without going through committee, I voted for that. Uh, the majority, though, of the House felt like it should go through the committee process. That's exactly what's happened. Uh, we've gone through the regular order through the committee process. And last night they voted out the articles of impeachment. And hopefully we will get that done on the House floor next week. Now, several, uh, well, many legal authorities, at least reported in the press, and even not so much the la- uh, lamestream press, 
have said, you know, this is really sort of borderline impeachment stuff. It's maladministration. It's uh, bad management. It's in your face. We want more immigration. But is it really high crimes and misdemeanors? Your response? I, I do believe it is. This is a national security issue. This dereliction of duty and lying to Congress and lying to the American people is a perfect example of why impeachment process is there. Mayorkas has done nothing but lie, deceive, gaslight, and this administration as well, and allowed the really our safety to be at risk as a nation. We have 8.5 million illegal aliens that have come across the border. They refuse to call it uh, a crisis. Now they are because it's an election year. And more importantly, they've refused to stop the flow of illegal immigrants. We have 1.7 million gotaways of those numbers of uh, people who are unaccounted for. We don't know where they are. We have no idea how many are terrorists waiting uh, for some inflection, uh, some inflection point to to go on the attack in America. And that's what we're fearful of. Now, we've heard rumors, and I don't think we've seen the actual language, that there is some sort of border deal, funding deal in the Senate. Um, but we're also hearing that that is DOA once it reaches the House. What are you hearing and any insights as to what's actually in there and how you might um, be? I, I mean, we know you opposed the continuing resolution and that, you know, you have right. been really, um, you know, keeping an eye on spending. So any insights as to how you're going to approach that issue? Well, look, we passed uh, H.R. 2 back in May, the Secure Border Act, which reinstates the Remain in Mexico process, which ends catch and release, which finishes the wall, which gives Border Patrol a, a pay raise, which they need. Most of the Border Patrol agents that we met down there three weeks ago, they want to do their jobs, but they are being hogtied by this administration, not able to stop the flow of illegal immigrants. The deal being worked out in the Senate right now behind closed doors in secret I don't know what it entails. Our speaker doesn't know what it entails. I've been here for just over a year now. And one thing I have learned is when something is being worked out in secret, they don't want you to know the details because there's no, they know that something is wrong with the plan. If it is true that this plan would allow up to 5,000 illegal aliens a day into our nation before they actually secure the border, then that is a no deal. That is going nowhere in the U.S. House of Representatives. Secure the border now. It's four simple words. They can get it done. The president has every power that uh, he needs right now, because when he came into office with his executive orders, he stripped away the provisions that was on the track for completely securing our border. And and now it's a, a failure. And uh, he, he needs to act now. Secure the border, Mr. President. How cynical of him to tell the reporters under the whirling chopper blade yesterday that if only Congress would give him the power. No, he abdicated the power, as you said. Uh, Congressman Mark Alford joins us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Congressman, what would you like to see happen in light of the uh, deaths of the three Army reservists at the base in Jordan against Iran? Go after them on their, their own ground, new sanctions. What's appropriate? Well, uh, thank you for that question. You know, we also lost two Navy SEALs not too long ago. So five service members in this battle, really, uh, between the Iranian proxies, the Houthis, the Hamas, the Hezbollah. It's quite clear that Iran is funding this terrorism in the Middle East. And it's quite clear that with the release of the frozen assets that this president decided to release, 
millions and millions of dollars. These are fungible assets, which can be and have been moved around to fund terrorism uh, throughout the Mideast. And so I think, yeah, we need to strike back. We need to send a clear message. The president is dithering on this. Uh, he is not taking clear, definitive action. I think it's uh, duplicative of what we saw with his uh, pulling out of Afghanistan, leaving 13 service members there to die on the wall of Abbey Gate. I think it's uh, indicative of, of how he's dealt with Putin and his invasion of Ukraine. I think it's indicative of how he's dealing with Xi Jinping right now, another bully on the world stage, cozying up to him. So this president has got to take clear action, and I don't know what he's waiting on. They have these targets well in advance of, of where where they could strike, and apparently it's not met his threshold to take immediate action. Congressman, we appreciate you joining us uh, live on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I want to ask you about the issue of transportation because you are the only member of Missouri's congressional delegation. This district includes both I-70 and I-44. Governor delivered his State of the State address just last week, and he announced on the podium that Congressman Graves and and, uh, Secretary Buttigieg have worked together on a $90 million grant for additional funds to be put towards I-70 and also establishment, according to the governor, of what's called the I-44 Improvement Fund. Huge deal. I don't think it got nearly the attention media-wise it should have, but it, it's it's a huge deal. Your thoughts on that, particularly the I-44 part of that? Well, look, I think this is one of the most exciting expansion projects we've seen in Missouri in a long time, and I give credit to Governor Parson for pushing this through. Uh, look, we just met two weeks ago. We were there in Columbia. Uh, we met with members of the Chamber of Commerce and Businesses as they're planning this rollout. It's going to go in phases. Uh, we've just got to make sure that we do it right, that the money uh, that is due Missouri to get this job done comes in a timely fashion. And rest assured, our, our office will be on um, the appropriate offices here in D.C. to make sure that that money gets there, that the project is done on time, uh, and that uh, the the businesses around the Columbia area and the I-70 corridor will have an active role in, in this project and as we develop, because it is so vital to the trade and commerce. Look, if we don't get this done and done right, these businesses, which are lined up to come into the Columbia area, they're going to go to some other state that already has uh, great wide roads and access to transport. So we've got to make sure that we um, continue on a timely manner to get this work done and and do it right. That's Congressman Mark Alford. Congressman, yesterday, um, former Senator Gene Carnahan uh, passed. A lot of accolades, a lot of uh, fond tributes uh, coming to uh to her family's way your thoughts on that i think in a in in your former life as a media um, uh, expert and a, you know broadcaster i you probably covered that event i did i was on the air when the governor mel carnahan's plane crashed i was not on the air at the exact same time but he was campaigning much like jerry litton yep. uh, back in the 70s That's it was right. devastating for missouri and i think in times like this when you have a public servant uh, she took up the baton there uh, ran for that seat, won it, and served our state admirably. 
in times like this when we are paying honor and tribute to a public servant as Ms. Carnahan, Senator Carnahan, there is no Democrat, there is no Republican, there are Missourians. Uh, and, we appreciate her service. And even when there were Democrats and Republicans, they were of a different stripe. And the temperature in the oven was a little different then, wasn't it? I think so, and that's something I'm trying to return here to Washington. We just filed a bill yesterday, the Fair Label Act, which is going to uh, ensure that uh, you can't call something meat that's grown in a Petri dish, or at least that it has proper labeling, uh, because that's coming. And we need to protect our cattle ranchers, our poultry producers, our swine producers in Missouri. And we have a great co-sponsor to that, a Democrat named Jonathan Jackson, who I brought to the state fair in Sedalia this summer. He's the son of Jesse Jackson. We sit on the ag committee together and had it not been for his visit to Missouri this summer, I doubt he would have signed onto this bill. Bipartisanship at work in DC for the American people. And I wonder if you had any thoughts about uh, Stephanie Bell called out one of our local newspapers who uh, forgot that you were in the Columbia area. Well, I will say John Combest, I think, did the first call out. But we we tried to stick up for you. We said, huh, we've seen him in studio here. Uh, and I, so, I probably got a little sensitive of that, so I apologize. But you've been back since. And tell us about your plans to be back in the mid-Missouri area this year. Well, we're doing everything we can to be there as much as possible. We do have an office there. If you go to our website, offer.house.gov, you can see the location. It's just north of the uh, mall there. I love coming there. We're going to be doing Mondays with Mark there soon. We'll have that on our schedule. And right now, I've got to get inside. I'm at the Museum of the Bible, and we're about to have a national gathering for prayer and repentance. And they have asked me to lead one of the prayers. Oh, fantastic. Congress, so yeah. I must step away. At this All right. Well, point. thank you very much. And uh, blessings on your prayer for everyone assembled there today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you. All right. There it is. We didn't get a chance to ask Congressman Alford if he was going to endorse someone for the CD3. You know, we uh, we had Taylor Burks in studio the other day. And uh, it's interesting to see a former opponent in the primary. And But you know what I did hear from him? He said, you know, I might have gotten a little bit sensitive yeah, about them yeah. claiming that. And yesterday you were talking about people owning it. That's right. I appreciate that thoughtfulness yep. from uh, him. Yeah. He and Cindy O'Loughlin channeling a little bit of humility, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that's a dangerous thing in today's media world because they'll just eat you alive if you show you know call you soft yeah yeah i think it's strong i think it's a strength i think so as well all right john you too i'm right there with you yep all right and producer hannah we know we know that she's with us if she everything going okay there producer hannah huh <laughs> <laughs> hey caleb Rowden's joining us at 710 this promises to be potentially a newsmaker interview so uh, be uh be on guard for that. Make sure you're open for that and staying with us. And of course, Travis Fitzwater, Senator Travis Fitzwater at 736. So we have a lot coming up for you on Wake Up in Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Six fifty-two, and uh, I, I wanted to talk about a story that really hasn't we haven't talked about a lot, but it's it really, if you think about it, is just outrageous. Israeli intelligence shows that ten percent of United Nations relief organizations, the UNRWA, they they give relief allegedly for refugees. 
that 10% of those workers from the United Nations in Gaza were tied to terrorist groups, and worse, several of them were alleged to have actually been in and or directly supported the October 7th attacks. At least 12 employees, they say, were involved I, on October 7th. I, 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 it's jaw-dropping. I, but is it, though? I mean, the UN hasn't, you know, I mean... It's been hated for a while, but I, you know, the fact that more people are outraged, I think, Randy, is jaw dropping. Yeah, I, I know. Now, um, I think the United States has pulled what the million, I don't know, whatever they give million dollars or so a year. I don't know what it is. And they but, aren't the only country, I think. And others have done that, but you know, John, I've, I'm hearing calls from people, certainly in the right sided media, but also analysts in the right sided media, but also. Uh, some Congress people and others are saying it's time to pull the plug in the United Nations altogether. Is that just you think a rhetorical tool, or do you think people is it really time? I mean, I don't. You know, that cycles around from time to time, and they joke about it being some prime real estate. Why don't they just tear the UN down and and put up condos? It's you know, it's it's it, it, historically in recent years, recent decades has not been a friendly place for the u.s and her allies and of course it's been widely reported that a lot of the so-called humanitarian aid that comes into gaza of course filters through hamas well where do you think it's going you think it's going to bread and shoes and coats and and kids no no it's It's going going directly to make yeah to make additional weapons and to inflict further harm on people I don't know. The IDF says it's killed over 9,000 terror operatives. Oh, the other day, did you see three three uh, Israeli Defense Force members were dressed like, like doctors and nurses or something? They were dressed, and they went into that hospital, and they killed three terrorists. Oh, <laughs> you know, because really? they've got the headquarters below the hospital. Yeah, yeah they even had one of them in a wheelchair yeah, one <laughs> pushing them in, and some of them dressed up as women and took it to them and took them out. Now, that's that's one place where I will endorse... Uh, trans. I mean, you know, temporary trans. That's okay. If you're going to go and kill terrorists by dressing up as a woman in a wheelchair, go for it. Go for it. I like it. <laughs> I don't know, it, just, um, it just troubles me. Now, the other thing that troubles me, and I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the law is. Maybe we have accountants that are listening. My daughter called me yesterday because she's helping with the books in our little startup you know, practice business. And she's been doing that uh, for a long time as an employee of a person that does that a lot. And she said, oh, my gosh, we have to do 1099s, the deadlines tomorrow for people we paid. I said, wait a minute. We paid them. They need to report it on their. What is this about? Why is it my obligation to report a 1099 to some people and not others? And when I write a check to the vendor of my electronic medical records or for medical supplies, I don't have to give them a 1099. Why am I having some people you do? And you don't know, like, for instance, if you're paying rent. If they if they're taxed as an S corp, you don't have to do it. If they're taxed as an LLC, you do have to do it. Why is it the payer of the buck's duty to report income to the? In other words, I'm part of a police force. Why am I being asked to be on the IRS police force? If I pay you, Stephanie Bell, five hundred dollars to do an hour's worth of work for me, even though you'd be giving me a discount, um, <laughs> then it's on me. You should have to report that. Why is it my that. duty to rat on you to the to the IRS? Because the government wants you to be the tattletale. And I mean, you're getting back to that ultimate meme where it's like someone asks the IRS, how much do I owe? And they're like, we have no idea. And then you're like, well, I'm going to pay this amount. And then, you know, they're like, well, 
you know, you could be wrong, you could be right, but we're certainly going to penalize you if you're wrong, but we're not going to tell you how much you owe. And this feels a little bit like that. Obviously, I'm not, I I have professionals that help me with this kind of stuff. And my law partner is actually a CPA as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't understand anything about the tax code. And if there was a way that we could actually simplify it, I would much appreciate that. I just don't, it just doesn't make sense to me that I should be recruited to rat on whoever I'm paying money to. If I'm paying to you, I mean, we used to, when I did market research for, you know, they'd come out with a new birth control pill they'd call you into you know a group of you hey do you want it to be called you know you know free and easy or free and easy you know i don't know and you do the market <laughs> you do the market research and you'd get a 200 dollars honorarium well well we reported that yeah and we now, reported it and i now, didn't need a 1099 yeah and now they're not even relying on you to rat on them they're using like payment processors remember if you yeah. use venmo oh. or anything else they're using those folks to and rat the on banks you. too i think right yeah. i don't know i yeah. don't know they're looking at you. They're on you. They know where you are and they know what you're making. And they want some of it because they can't they ever get enough. Want a lot of it. All right. Senator Caleb Rowden coming up. Stay there.